Orgasmic, you are joined by host Emily Duncan, and today I'm here with Zoe, and we're going to talk about vaginismus. So, Zoe, I would love if you'd be able to quickly explain for anybody who hasn't heard of vaginismus before what it is. Okay, um, okay, vaginismus is when the um, muscles of the vagina involuntarily um, contract or tighten when either the vulva is touched or when it's anticipating penetration. So um, that involuntary contraction um, can or causes pain um, on the insertion of something into the vagina. So whether that be a tampon, a finger, a penis, um, a speculum, a swab, anything like that. So it causes, so it's um, both uh, a physical reaction and um, also some of it is mental. So obviously you have vaginismus yourself, so I'd love to talk about your own experience. When did you realise that something wasn't quite right? Um, yeah, so from when I was a teenager and had to, or tried to use tampons, um, they, I couldn't get tampons in. It felt like pretty painful. I just kind of accepted that they weren't for me. I didn't really equate it with um there being an actual cause of the pain. Um, and then when I was 18 and started having um, sex and penetrative sex with um, men, when a penis would go to um, enter my vagina, it would be like extremely painful on the outside. For some people with vaginismus, um, it could be more further up the vaginal canal. For me, it was right on the entrance, would be like a, a kind of stinging, um, stabbing sort of pain. Um, so this, at this time I was casually dating, uh, just like one night stands and trying to kind of just get through pretty painful sex because my friends would tell me, oh, you know, like your first time's always going to be painful and you're just going to relax and blah, blah, blah. So that went on for, um, a few years of me trying and failing and going to doctors and them saying, oh, I'm, like, you just got to use lube. Um, you're just going to relax, which of course I was already using lube and I was already relaxed um and a lot of the times I thought it was like an STI or something but never was so yeah that's when I, I knew there was something not right but I just had no answers and I'd never heard of vaginismus and I think when we're brought up to as like women especially that pain's normal and you like that pain something you should experience and that it's we should just accept that that's how sex is going to be, uh, which is yeah. fucked. And even with tampons, like I know so many people like, oh, no, I can't use it, like it's uncomfortable, but nobody ever talks about, oh, well, maybe, why would it be uncomfortable? It shouldn't be like there's not those conversations. It's just kind of this thing where it's like, oh, yeah, it could be painful if it is, suck it up. Like, yeah, you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Like, and- and I think that's what stopped, maybe that's why no one, you know, I didn't know for so long that it was vaginismus. It's because even the doctors were like, you know, it's kind of normal to feel pain, um, which is horrible. And so I just yeah. decided um, within that time, I also had a serious boyfriend for a year um, and then went back to casually dating on Tinder. And before I knew it was vaginismus, I still would then just tell men, 
um, we're not going to have premature sex because I can't do it. So I kind of just accepted that I wasn't going to be able to do it. And like, um, that was hard sometimes, but um, when I got the diagnosis of vaginismus, so that was when I was at family planning for STI test and uh, I mentioned it again and I actually had a good doctor and she brought up the word and um, sent me to a pelvic physio. That's when things got so much easier because then when I was having sex with people, I just knew, I was like, well, as vaginismus, we're not going to have penetrative sex. Um, that's that. <laughs> that yes. made it a lot easier. How old were you when you finally got that diagnosis? I think I was uh, 22. So, I so you had to wait having... all the way to 22. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So it's Doctors been a long suck. time. Oh, honestly, it was horrible. Um, and, yeah, then I went to – I got central pelvic physio, um, which luckily where I lived there was one. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was great and she'd do, like – internal examinations with her fingers uh, or finger and just feel around to get me to kind of try and tense and relax my vagina so she could figure out which muscles were tight and which ones I needed to work on. Um, and then from there, she gave me a lot of exercises with dilators uh, and things to do at home, um, which did help. And you kind of work your way up with the dilator sizes. Did you want me to talk about that at all? Yeah, I'd love for you to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so for a lot of people, the uh, exercises involved, if you want to um, overcome vaginismus or uh, whatever the word is there, um, you get these, they're like, they're kind of like these tubes, the cheapest ones are, these plastic mm. um, tubes look like a test tube and they start really small, like the size of your pinky finger or smaller, and then go up in size. And the idea is you lube it up, put it in your body when you're relaxed, um, and just sit there with it in your body and try and get used to having something inside you. And then when you can tolerate that for five minutes or so, um, you move up to the next size. But this is obviously all under the guidance of a physio. Yes. Um, And sometimes I might tell you to... Uh, kind of do a Kegel type thing when it's inside, but instead of focusing on the tightening as you would in the Kegel, you've got to really focus on the release um, and you'll do breathing exercises and that sort of thing um, when you're dilating. And then other therapies also include like um, psychological, being a sex therapist. Um, I really wanted to do that, but unfortunately it was too expensive. Um, mm. I didn't have access to a sex therapist. But because a big part of it is also the mental um, aspect because for so long you've associated penetration with pain. So it's really hard yeah, to get that course. out of your head. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. How did you find the experience with the dilators? Like was it uncomfortable or like hard to stick to as well? Because I imagine you'd have to constantly mm. be doing it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really hard to commit. I did not feel like doing it most nights because um, yeah. it is not fun. Uh but I stuck to it for a few months and got to kind of the biggest level um, and that was fine. But yeah, it was a lot of mental like, why, why am I bothering doing this? I already have such a fulfilled sex life. Um, I have great orgasms from ex- external stimulation. Like, do I actually need penetration? Um, and because of those thoughts, I stopped doing my dilating for a long time. Um, 
I did successfully have penetrative sex with a penis, but while it wasn't painful, I didn't really find it amazing. Yeah. Yeah, So I was kind of like, well, what was the point of all that, you know, money and time and pain to just be able to get a penis inside me? Yeah. Did you find that because you had to navigate having sex without penetration and then obviously I'm guessing that involved a lot more clitoral stimulation and external focus that obviously I know at least in my experience that's going to be the thing that feels the best so then when it was penetrative it was like well why would I do that when I could have yeah you know this different sexual experience yeah I um I'd love to hear from more people with vaginismus about um, their sex life uh, mm. for me I think even now that I can um, enjoy penetrative sex, um, thanks to vibrators, uh, I still am glad that I had those few years where I wasn't having penetrative sex because it really, um, I think, got me to broaden my horizons and I had such a good sex life of just um, exploring different things with the men I was sleeping with, really focused on my pleasure and how to get me off externally, which is the way that most women um, or people with vulvas uh, orgasm. Um, so yeah, and it, and I think it taught me too that about communication and because I was just talking out with people from Tinder, uh, I'd have that conversation basically every time before I'd have sex with someone, um, before I even met them, I'd say, Avaginismus, we're not going to have penetrative sex. Um, what what do you like during sex? And is that going to work for you? And I guess 90% of the time, the men were like, yeah, that's, that's cool. We can do this and this. It sounds really exciting. And the men who didn't want to do that, that's fine. I just didn't meet up with them. So I think it really helps my sex life in the long run. Well, I mean, just starting with that communication would help a lot. Did you... I, well, I guess you just said then like 90% were good in their response. Was it still good when it would play out in person? Like were they still happy for it to just, you know, not, not be penetrative? Yeah, most of the time. Um, but that's only because I'd really, we'd have a long conversation, both like sexting um, or just frankly talking about sex. Um, so they knew what to expect. In the, in the times when I didn't, when the conversation didn't happen, maybe I met them while I was out, and they, um, you know, it was a spur of the moment kind of thing, then a lot, obviously they'd be, dis- well, not obviously, but a lot of the time they'd be disappointed. Um, but a lot of men that I slept with had actually heard of it before, um, more, oh, than, wow. more than women, because... Wow! Guess, yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, I had an ex that had that, or, yeah, I've been with a girl before that had that. Um so they actually knew more than more than um, the women I talked to and my friends. <laughs> that it's insane because like, yeah, I had literally a friend the other day send it to me like, "Oh my god, like, have you ever heard of this?" I'm like, "Honey, I'm studying sexology. Of course I've heard of this." <laughs> but like, girl, like women especially just are not because we're not educated on it. That's so interesting that yeah. the guys knew. Yeah, wow. I, I was really surprised as well. Um, and so it'd be so nice if I was messaging a man and um, and they'd say, yeah, I know what that is. That's fun. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's so anyway. interesting. So do you find your sex now 
is not centered around penetration, even though you like could do it. Um, yeah. So from I started having penetrative sex again. That in actually was enjoyable for me at the end of 2020, um, and that was because I'd just gotten a vibrator and I'd ex- decided to start trying penetration again, um, but during masturbation. So I would. Um, masturbate with the with the vibrator on my clitoris and then just hold a finger inside me and just getting my body used to feeling pleasure while there's something inside me rather than dilating which is just feeling used to it without pleasure um and that was really a game changer for me and and I was surprised no one had ever suggested like get a vibrator (laughs) yeah well I haven't even heard about that either I've heard about dilators but not actually then associating it with pleasure and not just trying to push through the pain (laughs) yeah and I was I understand why you don't want to do that first because then your body might associate pleasure with pain and you just don't want to masturbate anymore um so that's why I really had to start again to just my finger and then I bought some actual good silicon nice dilators um, that were curved and that also vibrated <laughs> what the disgusting rigid ones that you get from the physio. Um, yeah, so the reason I decided to start penetration again is because I was having a one-night stand with a dude who had, I guess, a smaller than average penis. And I was like, I think we can, I think we can try this. Um, and I used a vibrator and I orgasmed and it was very exciting. And so oh from God, there, that's... yes, also, <laughs> um, but I do, I do um, attribute that to the vibrator, not to the penis. <laughs> yeah, but even then, I have, I've used that many vibrators during sex, and I still can't fucking come. So you're doing well. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I was really, um, I really, I didn't want my sex life to turn into penetration being the end goal and being the the main event. Um, I hated the phrasing, and I still hate the phrasing that everything other than penetration is foreplay. Like, it annoys me so much because, you know, oral and, um, like, simulation with fingers is so intimate. I don't see why it should be any less um, important than penetration. Oh, 100%. I 100% agree. I feel like it. Um, I heard the terms once, like, outer play and inner play. Um, like, you yeah. know changing it up but 100% because like especially for women the pleasure we can feel with all of those you know sexual acts that typically get put into the foreplay category can normally feel better than the fucking penetrative sex anyway like they're the things that you know build you up and it feels good and obviously clitoral stimulation is massive so yeah as well as like um you know having your boobs play with and that's what I would tell the people that I would be talking to before I'd have sex with them is I want you to touch me like this you know like touch me in these spots my neck and and play with my nipples for a long time and give me a massage and like for me it's all all just sex it's not I think it's also like the our heteronormative culture of oh, 100%. You know, this is real sex and <laughs> the rest of it isn't real sex um, yeah no 100% so I guess kind of going back to the diagnosis part, do you yeah. have any, I guess, tips or suggestions for somebody who might 
think that they have vaginismus or something like and like getting that diagnosis yeah um just from my experience I would say I had no success with GPs getting any sort of information uh and I was where I was living at a time that was close to a family planning so uh in New South Wales the sexual health clinic um that's free for young people called family planning um I'm not sure about in other states or other places uh yeah I'm not sure either in Victoria, I think it's family planning as well. Um, I've got no idea. <laughs> I should know. I really yeah, should. <laughs> it sounds like it's just for contraception, but it's actually for all um, aspects of sexual health. So maybe um, find out somewhere that has doctors that are trained in sexual health and go and see them and say, sex is really painful and... I am relaxed and I am using the lube, if you are, because that's the first thing I'll say. Um, and even bring up, could it be vaginismus? If the doctor hasn't heard of it, then probably go to a different doctor. If you yeah, have absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then you'll get a referral onto a, a pelvic physio. Uh, I think that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really interesting, though, because, like, even, be, like, um growing up and it wasn't until I saw a gynecologist like I didn't even know a pelvic floor physio was a thing like I had Mm. no idea that there was you know a physio for for our vaginas and pelvic floors and to help with all of that yeah yeah I know we don't know anything (laughs) yeah literally literally don't know anything (laughs) I feel like I mean we touched on dating like casually but was I guess was there any, has there been any other like moments through when you've been like casually dating that have been maybe difficult or yeah. really good even? Yeah, um, a lot of men assume that if I'm not doing vaginal penetrative sex that I do anal. Um, really? Yeah, so if I say we're not, and I always um, specify first because a lot of time people don't know what penetrative sex means so when I'm talking about in the context of um, someone with a vagina sleeping with someone with a penis it means the penis being inserted into the vagina Um, because of course a lot of people just call that sex Um, so I'll say you know nothing's going inside my vagina and they'll say oh so you do anal (laughs) I'll say no I'm not interested in anal unless you want to unless you want me to penetrate you yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) I think they just assume that well if I can't put my penis in in one of your holes I must be able to put it in in the other Uh, wow that doesn't actually surprise me at all like that's such a typical like man thing to think and to think that you that's all you want is to be penetrated and then if you can't have it one way you must want it the other way (laughs) um yeah but, but aside from that I think it was it was hard when I was in a relationship um and this was before I knew I had vaginismus, but I just knew I couldn't have penetrative sex. Uh, it's, it's very emotional not being able to do that. I, you know, it takes, puts into question your um, femininity and, you know, you think like something's wrong with you. Um, I had a lot of times that like, I would just get so upset because my body would, you know, mentally I'd really want it. Um, 
and then physically it just couldn't happen and it was really frustrating um so it, it is really emotional and I think if you do have vaginismus and you have the means it'd be really worth seeing a sex therapist at the same time um I was seeing a psychologist but they didn't really seem to understand the mental block that I had towards dilating um they just thought oh well why wouldn't you dilate why wouldn't you want to be able to achieve penetration and I'm you know I was thinking like well am I doing this for me or am I doing it for the men I'm sleeping with um it was a lot about the why so I mean when you yeah when you put that question am I doing it for me like Mm. that's a very big powerful question to ask yourself um because I do think 100% the only reason I mean obviously for like if you want to have children or whatever but like yeah it 100% is catered for men 100% so yeah that's really interesting did you Fine when you, before you knew your diagnosis, did you casually date much then or was it more of just a like, yeah, relationship? Um, yeah, I was, I was mainly, this was before I was on Tinder, so it was mainly just meeting up with men in the club. Um, and it was harder before the diagnosis because I didn't have the information. Um, so a lot of that time was just me still trying to do it and and not being able to. Uh, so it was definitely easier after the diagnosis, even when I wasn't dilated, dilating and wasn't interested in doing that. Um, yeah, no, that's very, yeah, it's interesting to think about. I couldn't even imagine, like, just the emotional side of it, trying to, you know, trying to do it, but then also continually putting your body or trying to put your body through something yeah. when you know that your body, like, it, it clearly isn't isn't working or clearly yeah. isn't going to work, but then continually being like, well, I'm meant to be able to do this, so I'm going to keep yeah. showing up and trying to do it. Exactly. I think every time I was like, this time will be different. Um, you know, um, I'll be able to do it. It'll be good. Yeah. Did you stop as soon um, as it's painful or did you try and push through the pain? I'd try and push through. Uh, a lot of it depended on the size of the penis too. Sometimes mm, I just think penis like, no, I'm not trying. Yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine. There's some out there that even I look at them like, no, thank you. Legit. <laughs> yeah, legit. Um, yeah, so even now when I'm, even though I can kind of more easily have penetrative sex and it's generally not painful, uh, with certain people I will say, okay, we're, when I'm going to try that or I'm going to dilate first and I'll get out my um, my nice silicon dilators. And when I'm already kind of wet and in the mood, um, we'll put that in me and they can either watch or... Can well, you can make that a really sexy experience yeah, as well instead of it being something that's like a chore or, you know what I mean, not yeah, as yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, I'm totally not ashamed to whip out the dilators. Often I'll take them with me on a date if I think it's going to end um, in the bedroom. Uh, I will always take a vibrator with me, no matter. I love that. Basically, any date I go on, just, just <laughs> the, in case. Always just in the purse. Bed, I've got to have my vibrator. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get a nice, I love a it. nice one with a nice little bag. 
I um, love yeah, it. but so I'll say to men, you know, oh, well, can you finger me first? Just one finger, like just do it slow, do it like this, and it just gets me relaxed. Which I think, even without vaginismus, it's probably helpful to do that. A hundred percent. And I even think just being so clear and open with your communication, like I love when somebody tells me how to do something to pleasure them. Yeah. Like especially detailed, and like so often with men, like what do you like? And they're like everything. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> and all or you say, you'll say, what What do you like? And they just list off some positions. <laughs> yeah, literally. How do you like to be touched? How do you like to be spoken to? A hundred percent. And I hate when you'd be like, oh, what are your boundaries? I don't have any boundaries. Oh, what do you mean? You don't have any fucking boundaries. Exactly. <laughs> have I have a good list of the things that I know I don't want. Do and, want. like, as much as having vaginismus wouldn't be, you know, obviously a pleasurable experience and I, mm. you know, not obviously something I guess you'd wish on somebody else, but the communication that I guess you've had to develop and working out, getting to know your own body, I imagine would be, like, that part at least would be very beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. And I wish I saw more of the discussion around that in um vaginismus support groups because there are people that have it and have no inclination or desire to to cure it I guess um people are happy to just live their life without experiencing penetration um obviously there's issues when it comes to medical exams but uh, besides that there's there might not be much motivation to to overcome it and that's fine and I think should be just accepted that that's not a part of people's sex life and Mm. that's okay yeah absolutely and I think it's very much something I know at least in society if there's something that's you know wrong with you we need Mm. to fix it even though it might not actually be something wrong it just doesn't fit society's standard of how a body should work exactly exactly um I will say being able to use tampons it's helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yes, camels yeah. are a lot smaller, smaller than a penis. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, I can imagine that is one benefit. That's one thing I never have enjoyed is using pads. Never. Or at least like this period <laughs> I'm using now, that kind of helps. But they're still like, like, I, I would rather a tampon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't even, I haven't even tried the cup, but seems like I have I I tried that my last period it was trying to put it in was an experience um because I even sometimes struggle with tampons so like I was like "Hmm, yeah yeah um when I could get it in the right spot it was good and like I liked that I'd only have to change it every like 12 hours however (laughs) to get it in the right spot was a bit of a shit show um yeah heard. And yeah it was it was weird it was different um <laughs> it was different <laughs> are there any other things of like vaginismus that um you think is important for people to know about or if they're going through it themselves um I think if you're going through it then don't be too hard on yourself don't push yourself to get to the biggest dilator size don't even push yourself to dilate if you don't want to. Um, you've really got to do it. You know, I had years and years where I wasn't dilating because I was not interested. And then when the time came and I felt like I wanted to do it again, I did it. And if you can invest in good silicon dilators and not the shitty plastic ones. 
Yeah, um, I imagine it'd make it so much more comfortable. Yeah, and maybe when you're, for people without vaginismus, um, try and frame your, your language around sex, not as, you know, specify when you're talking about penetrative sex and when you're not, because that was a hard thing. Um, I remember some of my friends would say stuff like, did you have sex? And I'd be like, yeah. And they'll be like, no, but did you like have sex, sex? And we're like, if you mean penetrative sex, no, I didn't have penetrative sex. And they're like, well, what did you do? And that just invalidates your experience entirely. Exactly. Yeah. And like, what about queer people or, you know, exactly. other people with, like disabled exactly. bodies? Like there's so many different ways to have sex. And I hate right. that it doesn't count unless mm. a penis was put inside you. Yeah. Like, I was recently with a man and we didn't have penetrative sex because we didn't have a condom. And afterwards he said, um, I've never had experience like, like that where we didn't have sex, but like it felt so good. And I was like, we did have sex. And he's like, oh no, like, you know, you know what I mean? I was like, we didn't have penetrative sex, but we did. We had sex. <laughs> we both orgasmed. 100%. 100%. And I think it's even for myself, even with all the knowledge around sexual scripts and things, I um at the start of this year had sex with someone didn't well we, we didn't have penetrative sex my pants didn't even come off but the things <laughs> that this man did to me just oh. with the top half of my body was fucking insane I literally was like well, I feel like I felt more in that than I have sometimes felt having penetrative yeah. sex with people I was like it was literally like the best thing ever and I was like well I had that internal battle of can I can I call that sex when they haven't even, they didn't even, you know, touch my vulva or anything, but everything, I I literally felt more, the the sexual energy was just, like, so intense in that, like, experience. And, like, obviously I know that we can call sex whatever it is, but when society's constantly telling you that there's this sexual script for what, like, counts, I guess, it's, Mm. you know, really hard to try and, like, you know, rewire that, I guess, in your brain. Yeah, and especially for, you know, in a heteronormative society and we think um, if you're heterosexual, that's what you do. I, I had people that would say, well, you know, are you a lesbian then? What? <laughs> if you don't people would it. say that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I can just imagine, oh, maybe you're just a lesbian. <laughs> maybe you just don't like men or don't like penises. Yeah, but oh, nuts. Nuts. Oh, that's um, yeah, so people got to start using penetrative sex uh, when you're talking about penetrative mm-hmm. sex. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Is there any other things? Um, lube. <laughs> always use lube, even if you don't have vaginismus, I think. Absolutely, <laughs> always use off. lube. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Get a toy. Uh, yeah. yeah toys amazing. Do you have a specific one that you take on your dates? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's not yeah. actually vibrate, it's the um one of the air sucky what are they Amazing. called? The air pulsating. Um, yeah, which so one do you I have? Started off with the classic Sunnyfire Pro. Yes, yeah, um, classic. But then I upgraded to the Wee Vibe Melt. Oh, uh, I haven't which used that one. It's so sleek and beautiful. The the Satisfy Pro is quite bulky and hard. Yes. Um it's kind of like plasticky. But the the Wee Vibe Melt is just it fits so well between two bodies because it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of thin and streamlined Mm -hmm. and it's so powerful it's amazing 
Oh, I yeah, love that. That's I, I might have to go buy one. Because I don't yeah, I, I have this satisfier. Well, I have the mm. satisfier and then I I lashed out and bought the womanizer, but the premium one. It was three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. However, that thing is my baby. I literally every oh, time I great. get myself off, I use it. I've gotten my money's worth a hundred percent. And like once I used that, I was like, the fucking satisfy sucks. <laughs> yeah. Does it like fit, um does the womanizer fit if you're having partnered sex? I've no Have you tried it? I think it's a bit too big. I really yeah. struggle with penetrative sex and using a vibrator at the same time. Like I just feel like it just I can't get it in the right spot and I need mm. it on the exact right spot or I feel nothing. Um, like I really struggle with vibrators mm. in that sense. So I can't just have it somewhere or only sometimes touching it. It has to be literally yeah. held right on the on spot. The if spot. I move it a millimetre, I lose everything. Um, <laughs> literally lose um, everything. If they go from behind, then it's the best position to be able yes. to yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, I'm the same. Oh, the other thing that people use who have vaginismus or even who don't but experience pain and penetration, um, they're called the O-nut. You've probably seen them. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Silicone things you put on the base of the penis so the penis doesn't penetrate all the way, um, which I could definitely use sometimes, I think, when they have a particularly long penis and it, it just hits that surface. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. And then obviously they're still getting the pleasure and they're still yeah. getting that experience of like, you know, they're thrusting into something. <laughs> not, that sounds so great, thrusting into something. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good suggestion. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Is yeah. it called the O-nut? Yeah, it's oh called the God. O-nut. Yeah. Mm. What is something that is orgasmic to you? But at the moment, I when I'm talking to men before I meet up with them about mm-hmm. sex and what I'd like, the new thing that I've been uh, including in there is a form of aftercare. Um, I'm not, I know that's from the BDSM world, um, in the kink world, and I'm not, uh, I'm having pretty vanilla, if you want to call it, pretty, pretty standard yeah. sex. Um, yeah. But I, I always say after I orgasm, like, I don't want you to roll over. Like you need to hold me and mm-hmm. I want to be cold. I want to be kissed. I want to be told how good it was, all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So if it's a man who just wants to like root you and then, and then leave, uh, that's not for me. Yeah, no, <laughs> so absolutely. What aftercare. Yeah, I know. I love that. And I think aftercare definitely isn't something that's done enough. Uh, like at least um, not in my experience not to the extent that you actually want it like maybe there's a little bit of a cuddle or something there but not like there's a difference between someone just kind of like cuddling you and like holding you and like yeah. being there for you you know what I mean yeah like an orgasm can be so intense I just need them to like I need something to wrap my legs around <laughs> yeah yeah calm down oh it's so good I love it yeah <laughs> and I no, always I tell think... them to yeah. I was just going to say, I think that aftercare is something I 100% need to actually implement and work out the exact yeah. kind of aftercare plan, I guess, that works. Yeah, yeah you've just done something super, like, intense. Um, yeah. The other thing I always tell men is that I like to be complimented. So tell me while we're having sex how hot you think I am and that will uh-huh. get me off 
And you have to tell them to say this because otherwise they can just be silent. It's mm-hmm. boring. <laughs> I know. I hate silent men. I hate silent oh. men. Like oh, at least even like a, a moan something. Just give yep. me something, not complete silence. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, I'll tell them. Yeah. I once had one guy actually. At, it was at the start of this year as well. The one that I was like, this is like sex, but it's like yeah. he hasn't actually touched me. Um, he was the first guy that like properly moaned and I was literally like, it was, it was so hot, but also threw me off so much because I was like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Like, I meant, meant don't do this. And like, it literally got to the point cause like he still lived with his parents and I was literally at the point, I was like, shut the fuck up. I was like, this is, you're louder than me. <laughs> it really helped living, uh, in a house where everyone's okay with hearing you have literally a hundred percent thankfully that's my share house yeah uh, I know I'm just, yes no well we def- I have very thin walls in this house however where we've never had the conversation but we're quite sex positive so <laughs> that's good we've got I'm the sex toy cleaner sitting on the kitchen sink and- <laughs> I love that that is so funny oh that's smart awesome was there anything else that you want to like anything else to touch on add Maybe just if you have vaginismus, don't be afraid to talk about it with your friends and with men. You might be surprised that so many people have heard of it. Um, And if they haven't, they're generally really interested to know what it is. Uh, So if I tell a man online, I've got vaginismus, by the way, sometimes I don't feel like explaining it and I tell them to Google it and they Google it and then like, oh, okay. And they want to know more. And then it can lead into a really sexy conversation. So you start off with vaginismus, but then it ends off with, oh, I want you to like suck my clear, whatever, <laughs> you know, it gets really hot. So it's really good lead into um, some good texting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This, um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to word it properly, but do you find that you have to have your intention of what you want out of them, I guess, like whether that's going to be sexual or if you're looking for something more long-term, mm-hmm. like, because I know I struggle myself. I don't want to talk sexually with them before the first date because sometimes I think, well, I want something that's long-term yeah. and I don't want to set that tone straight away. But then not having that conversation, if you still think, well, I might fuck them at the end of that date and you don't have that conversation. You know what I mean? Like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, sometimes that's, that's definitely happens. Um, I'm like, oh. I you know, I want this to last. <laughs> I, I want to just have sex once. And, then, and obviously I've had sex on the first date many times and it has gone to a second date. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I definitely understand that fear. And, and sometimes the conversation just hasn't happened, but I find myself in bed with someone and either I'll kind of chat throughout or we'll chat afterwards <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it can be a bit daunting to bring it up. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I just feel like I, I just know myself sometimes. Like I, even if I know full well that I'm going to, like if I'm attracted to them, I'm going to fuck them on that first date. But just setting that, I guess, expectation that that's what they are going to have, then I sometimes get yeah. scared that they're going to, it's going to change the whole dynamic of everything. Mm. Not that it should, but, like, mm. I know that that's just, 
my own personal, I guess, fear sometimes. So then I was just like thinking like trying to navigate then something like vaginismus where you do really need that conversation beforehand. I find it easy to, I like having conversations about sex that aren't like sexual. So I guess it's easier on on dating apps um, in my bio, it literally says I'm studying sexology. So the conversation generally comes up. But um, before I had that in my bio and they'd ask me, I don't know, what I was interested in or something, I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm really interested in sex ed and, and what we learn as kids and and that sort of thing. And it goes into a Just conversation flows. maybe about your first Yeah, time. 100%. Yep. Like, what's the first time you, you watch porn or something? And then you just, you talk about that. Well, how did you learn about sex? Yeah. Comes from it. Yeah, no, that's very that's a very good point. And you can 100% then talk about your own experience with vaginismus within there and it not actually necessarily mm. be, like, this super sexual chat. Like, it's just a conversation about yeah. living with it. Or when people – so this is all very um, dating app specific because basically the only way I date. <laughs> yeah, same, but when, same here. When, <laughs> it's so good because you can talk to them before you meet them. Um, yeah. When they say, oh, what are you looking for? Which is like half the men. They'll say, what are you looking for in here? What are you doing on Tinder? And you, my go-to is usually dates and orgasms. Um, or I'll say, I'm really looking for someone that I can have a very fulfilling, like, sexual time with but mm. not necessarily a one-night stand so yeah. someone that's like reliable and we just have great sex but we respect each other and we like each other and we go on dates kind of yeah. sounds like a relationship but yeah the not relationship without the full commitment the situation yeah. yep like to be around yeah yeah literally which like, is so fucking hard oh it's so hard to find so, like, it's just so tricky. It's, uh, men often assume if you want to see him again, it means, like, you want to be their girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I know. Literally. I'm like, no, I just want to go on another date. It was fun. Yeah, and, like, it, going on dates is nice. I fucking love going on dates. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be, I want you to be my boyfriend. Just take me out and have fun with me. And then fuck yeah, me. <laughs> and make me come. Yeah, that's and then Literally. we'll learn how to do it with each other. And then we know that every time we meet up, we're going to have fucking great orgasms. 100%. Or not orgasms. You don't have to have orgasms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. As always, Shaggers, please reach out with any comments, questions, or stories, either through my Instagram, that's orgasmic, or my email, emilyduncan at thatsorgasmic.com. Please subscribe whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast and leave a review as I would love to know what you're thinking. So thank you, Shaggers, and I'll see you next time.